This is Dr. Ara Austin for the School of Molecular Sciences. This podcast is really to help our students set up in career paths that they're interested in. Welcome to this session of Graduating in Science. Now what? So on today's podcast, we have Mr. Ched McCluskey, a chemistry teacher from Alhambra High School in Phoenix, Arizona. So I personally know Chad because back in 2013, I believe, he graduated with a bachelor's degree in chemistry from our own department, and he was the recipient of the Academic Merit Award, which means that he knows a lot about chemistry and he was very smart in his undergraduate program. And I know that we have many students who are interested in becoming science teachers upon graduation. So, well, I decided to invite Chad to be on the show. So Chad, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today while your students are on fall break. So I feel bad for making you work today, but thank you so much for your time. Oh, not a problem. It's my pleasure to be here. So Chad, uh, let's catch up a little bit and tell me what grades are you currently teaching and which subjects are you teaching at your school? Absolutely. Um, so at the current year, and really since I've started my teaching career, I've essentially only taught grades 10, 11, and 12, so kind of the upper levels of high school. And the last few years, I've been teaching honors chemistry, which is mostly sophomores and juniors, and then AP chemistry or advanced placement chemistry, which is juniors and seniors as they make their way off to college. I also at Alhambra High School serve as the instructional leader for the science department, which in some districts, they might call it like the department chair. So I oversee the science team and help coordinate the things like the master schedule and dealing with um, kind of staff interactions and how the team works. Great. And, you know, Chad, you were so great, you know, in our undergraduate program. You're one of our star graduate alumni uh, at the School of Molecular Sciences. Um, and, and maybe some people may have been surprised that you decided to pursue teaching instead of going into research or going into medical school, so on and so forth. So why did you decide to become a teacher upon graduation? You are correct. It was kind of a split down the middle kind of experience where I had received some academic awards and I had definitely some professors asking if I would consider maybe joining research groups or continuing down that pathway. Um, but at the same time, I had already been doing some TA work in the organic chemistry labs. And so I ended up teaching for three semesters in my undergrad and received a distinguished teaching assistant award. And so that for me was kind of a sign that this is also an extension of the field and something that I was really passionate about. And if I really started looking back at my own life, I realized that education was just always there for me. It was a big part of my life growing up. I came from a, a family that was divorced. And so school for me was like a place to find solitude and kind of a constant in my life. And so I knew that I appreciated it and valued it. When I was in school, going through elementary or high school, I tutored friends and I always seemed to kind of take on these leadership roles and wanted to be a part of it. When I started working, I actually kind of took some years off of college and worked in just the generic kind of everyday workday industry. And I ended up um, coming back to education later on after serving in some leadership roles in a variety of industries. And when I started back, 
I decided I wouldn't go back for music like I had initially started in college. I just knew at this point that I really enjoyed studying like processes and just observing things and kind of looking at data and analyzing that. So really the problem solving or critical thinking side of life was kind of making me tick now and studying and figuring out why things happened or how they happened, which led me to find a interest and pursue that degree in chemistry. And then, as I mentioned at the start of this, I then found this kind of passion for teaching. And for me, it was organic chemistry. And admittedly, it was pretty hard to not continue to study organic chemistry and, and teach at that university level. Um, but I started to realize that it's, it's really the university level will always be there. And our current situation in the public schools is that we don't have enough science teachers. And I, I had this calling that just said, if you enjoy teaching this much, let's get down to the students who need it the most. And so I've always chosen to teach in a kind of high needs public school district to make sure that those vulnerable students are getting still a valuable and worthwhile science education. We certainly appreciate all the hard work that our teachers do. So my follow-up question is, I think we all know that teachers teach students in the classroom. That's an obvious statement, but we may not know that our teachers have to be involved in many other professional development activities outside of teaching. Uh, what are some things that teachers have to do that you wish people would understand better? Oh my gosh. Well, that, that <laughs> could start on like a, the tip of the iceberg, I suppose, would just be sticking solely with the words professional development, because that is a huge component of education. And it's something that to be certified and to keep your professional certificate, you do have to complete a certain number of professional development hours. And that might involve going to conferences and trainings that might require you to spend sometimes money even out of your own pocket to keep some of the certificates going. And so there's always this piece that I think is unfortunate that not everyone is aware of and that, that we do have to maintain that and keep that going. And so even though we might graduate with a degree and many teachers with a master's degree or even a doctoral degree, they still continue to take these professional learning classes. So it's similar to a doctor or a lawyer. On the unfortunate side, we don't have quite the same return on investment as those professionals might have. And that, I think, becomes some of that frustration where you know you're working really hard to stay up to date um, on the newest technology or the latest teaching methods or whatever the kind of current political climate is that's pulling a state or a city in one direction or another and adapting your standards. And so you're always evolving and having to be flexible and change. And so um, that's one piece of it. But then even once you're in a district or in a school, oftentimes you're expected as a teacher some of your professional agreement might be that you're on committees. So you might have to serve on school improvement committees or student advisory committees, uh, maybe a planning committee of some sort. And then teachers after their committee work, sometimes they are involved then with coaching or clubs or being some sort of mentor. And then for me, I think the last piece that is really the, the one that not everyone thinks about, it's kind of like I think of education. I hate to scare some of our current graduates away of it from it because it's really the most fulfilling portion of the job, but it's kind of the triage portion. So the like taking care of all of the students in front of you. There's days that you serve as a counselor to them. There's days you serve as a mentor, as almost a substitute parent. There's days that you serve as their moral high ground so that you can teach them about the reasons why we can't have plagiarism or why you can't copy someone's homework and the importance of that. 
you have to serve as essentially this kind of catch-all system to help society create citizens that can go out and make, you know, rational and moral choices and hopefully improve the world around them. So there's the content that you get to teach, but there's also these soft skills like empathy and leadership and um, kind of compassion that we have to impart on these students as well. And I think too often that's overlooked. And unless you're in a teacher program, you really never get to hear some of those pieces. And even in teacher preparation programs, so often those kind of culture and communication skills are not the focus so much as how do you write a good assessment or how do you plan for your curriculum and how do you plan for your instruction and what kind of behavior management systems might you have. So I think now we're starting to see a shift in some of that in some of the preparation programs, but it's those soft skills that I think too often are overlooked or not really spoken about. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I think we briefly touched on this already, but what would you say is the best thing about being a teacher? For me, it, it is the students. It's connecting with them. Um, I chose, like I said earlier, high school because I think this is a really cool time to see them start to try on almost different personalities and identities. They're starting to really find who they are. They've grown through middle school. They probably had some friendships go awry. They've had some successes in school, successes in life and failures in both. And so they're starting to really find themselves. And I think that's a really unique time to get them to start discussing what they value and what they want. And so I have always really appreciated the connections I get to build with my students. And in doing so, getting to then see what comes next for them. So I have even a student right now who's a junior in the School of Molecular Sciences, but has decided to come back and pursue a chemistry education degree. And so it's been really interesting to see little kind of wins like that, to see students realize that this is an important part of our society. And then it's also just exciting to see these students make those aha moments and those connections and realize there's something else out there, even if it's not in chemistry. Honestly, some of my class, some of the best moments in my class are when we're talking about, I don't know, the environment or what's going on somewhere else in the world and students just getting robust conversations happening with each other and kind of leading to some sort of discourse and change and, and thought, critical thinking for those students. I'm sure your students appreciate your dedication in and out of the classroom, and they may not know this yet, but I'm sure they'll remember you when they reflect back on their time in high school. So people are aware that they should support our teachers more, but they may not know how to help properly. I guess my last question of the day is, in what ways can the public help to better support our teachers? I would personally encourage individuals to remain vigilant in seeking out information as to what's going on in education, whether it be in their own small city, in their state, on the federal level, because there are many outside organizations that are influencing the public with their research and their values. And I would hope that the public would just kind of closely watch what's happening at those different levels and encourage them to become involved in the process, whether that's voting or rallying voters or just becoming a little bit more educated on the education initiatives in particular. For me, public education really is the infrastructure of society. It's what allows us to create humans to go forth and do the good work that we need them to do and to kind of play their role within the greater fabric of, of life and society. So if we provide people with the necessary skills to navigate their own lives ahead, then I think we're probably doing the right job. But too often education is just kind of co-opted 
by different endeavors or groups or people. And I think this is when people start kind of arguing at whether it's a dinner party or even in an elevator. And instead, I would encourage the public to use their own education and what they were taught to do research and research the background on those initiatives, see what they believe is best for education rather than making maybe a quick judgment call or just looking, you know, at what their friend might have said. So encouraging them to volunteer, I think might be an interesting idea. Volunteer a day at a school, even if that just means going in and asking to shadow the school, but it might mean going into a school and providing some of your own insight. So in the case of you, Ara, maybe coming in and speaking about what does it mean to get a PhD in chemistry and not chemistry, but chemistry education? What does that look like? What does that mean? And getting to see what that perspective looks like from an outsider's vantage point. In particular, if they have children, I would encourage them maybe to try at a school their child doesn't go to, because oftentimes you're involved at those schools. So maybe see what's going on in a different part of the city or ask if you could do like a career day and, and visit a campus and see what's going on there, building those partnerships. It's really important for us to get the community to kind of be involved back with that public education. And I think so often now we've, we've become busy and we've become overbooked and our priorities just don't sit in the same places. Um, but if we could build some of those community partnerships or have parents coming in like they, they used to in the elementary schools and they still do to some extent, but when we get to junior highs and high schools, there's almost this kind of separation and they stop participating. And those are the years that we need to show what's happening and what's changing because that's right before they head off to these, you know, post-secondary institutions. And I think that, with insights from their profession, the students would garner some new perspective on what those parents or people, community members might bring into the classrooms. And then the students and teachers might provide then some perspective and uh, a different vantage point for the guest into what it means to be a 21st century education, either learner or provider. If nothing else, if they have nothing else, I would go back to exactly what you said. Just please continue to at least thank teachers for their hard work provide them, you know, support. Many schools um, thrive on public tax donations. So maybe keep schools in mind when you have some tax dollars that you are able to donate or some items that you could donate. Maybe look at the schools around you in your neighborhood and just speak up for education if you see some sort of disparity going on. Great, Chad, thank you so much for all of that wonderful insight. I'm sure our listeners, especially those students who are thinking about pursuing uh, teaching science at the high school level, really could relate to what you had to say. So thank you again for joining us on this podcast. And I look forward to continually working and collaborating with you. And please let me know if I can help with anything uh, in your classroom as well. More information on this episode of Graduating in Science, Now What?, can be found on School of Molecular Sciences website, sms.asu.edu.